0: Hello, my name is Chris Chai, and you are listening to LaunchBite coming to you from our homes on Saturday, June 29th, 2014. With me is my regular co host, Brian Lee. Hello! We here at LaunchBite talk about news that we find interesting and discuss the local tech startup scene. LaunchBite is part of the Vulcan Network, a network dedicated to bringing you the latest lifestyle and tech news. This week, we are talking about making a game plan and the different stages in the life cycle of a startup. How do you plan for the future? What are the contingency plans? How do you start thinking about building your company? All this and more coming up in the show. Hey, Brian, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good. It was just raining this morning. Weather is uh, treating us better right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's been alternating between really hot and uh, raining every morning. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if every time that I want to run, <laughs> it's <laughs> raining. So now I've started to like shift my running towards the later part of the day, so it's not wet.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah. how, how would you find a difference running in the morning
0: and running at night? Um, morning is generally a lot cooler, uh-huh. it's got, it feels and somehow fresher, I don't know why, like mm-hmm. the air, uh, but running in evening is not too bad, it's just that you need to wait for a while for the place to cool down, but uh, because um, part of the training plan that you gave me was to run at the stadium, yeah, I can't really go too late, so yeah, there's some issues that you work around, so yeah. Uh that's pretty much it I guess. Oh this week Google I.O. happened. Yes. Right. <laughs> Do you see anything interesting?
1: I okay, so personally I feel that uh there's nothing much about Google I.O. that I'm excited about. Maybe uh I will say that uh the involvement or uh, the growth in Android wear, as you can see, LG three and Moto three sixty, which is quite impressive.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. There was nothing really exciting to me apart from maybe the announcement of um, the material uh, design uh, direction that Google is going down Mm -hmm. and also the wearables. But at the same time, it's nothing really new. The design of the Moto 360 was really things that they've been talking about for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So it felt very meh. (laughs) Meh. The entire Google I.O. like nothing new was coming out, nothing exciting. And I was wondering, is it because they've been releasing the information in drips and draps, mm-hmm. so they really didn't have anything to really announce?
1: Yeah, it's like, right? we know all this before the conference even started.
0: Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't really exciting at all. Yeah,
1: But, it, but I was actually hoping for uh, some... In- because you can see that this uh, Google I.O. was focused on Android. Yeah, And I was hoping for them to have a better ID, sort of like xcode because i know they do have android studio but it seems like there isn't much focus on android studio they just let it be currently it's still at uh, 0.5.2 not Mm. even one yet Mm.
0: yeah well it did take them about five years to come (laughs) up with this ide in the first place and most of uh, developers use um, eclipse with Mm -hmm. the android sdk so i Don't think it's a priority for them Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure how much it will affect uh the android developers workflow because i guess they're already kind of used to it Uh so we shall see i hope they come up with something better yeah okay anywho shall we jump into the topic of the day yes okay cool so today we're going to be talking about um what's a game plan for your startup and whether or not it's important to you, mm-hmm. and what are the things that you should be looking out for if it is something that you want to do. Uh, so Brian, what are your thoughts on coming up with a game plan for your startup before you even like begin building your product?
1: Okay, so uh, my thoughts on building a game plan is sometimes uh, entrepreneurs or some of us, we get mistaken thinking that uh, the game plan is exactly like a 20-page business plan. Uh, but this is not true because <laughs> you do not need a 20-page business plan to actually execute your idea. However, yes. uh, from my point of view, is uh, a, a good and well game plan is you need to know your direction. Oh, what is your objective? Where are you heading to? If I cannot accomplish A, what am I going to do? Uh, am I going to take direction B and direction B? Uh, what are the things that I need we should in fact we should have at least an idea on uh, where are we going to head what road what path are we going to head down for the next 3 or 6 months so that uh, this will give you a better better focus so an example that I will give is when and I think we did it wrong uh, is when tracks first started we started with an idea but we do not have a detailed game plan we, we do have a business plan but it was all about mm. how our revenue was going to come about uh, what is the uh, objective of the next three months but right when we reach the three month period uh things start to change because it's like shifting goalposts uh, we do not have a contingency plan like hey mm. a i did not achieve so what now this what right. now should be planned when before we started, like month zero, I should really know that if I did not hit A, what I'm cool. going to do then.
0: Yeah. So I guess um, the importance of a game plan really is for you to have something that you can refer back to mm-hmm. whenever you hit some sort of uh, point in your startup to check whether or not you're uh, on track to achieving your goals and also what do you do if something goes wrong. It's kind of like an exercise in thinking of like, hey, uh, I'm going to want to achieve this vision in two years. What are the steps that I need to go in order to be able to achieve it by the end of two years? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when your project is ambitious, it requires that you have different stages where you build out uh, different strengths. And having a game plan allows you to check against a plan where you know whether or not you're achieving these uh, required stages in order to be able to reach your vision. However, some people would say that you can't really predict the future, right? Yeah. And it's, it's something that there's really no point in doing like a five-year plan of your revenue because you really don't know whether or not you'll be... All the factors that you predict will happen and mm-hmm. uh, whether or not things will change. But the game plan should not ever be like a super detailed, uh, numbers-driven uh, plan of how much money you're going to make at any point in time. It should really be an outline of... What could go wrong and what you should be doing at different periods in time. We'll be talking about the different stages of starting up later, so this will be a little bit clearer. Mm-hmm. But uh, how about we jump into what you need for a game plan?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so, if we, on the overview, what we believe is uh, there should be a vision, mm-hmm. uh, financial projection. Uh, later, we'll give details what, what exactly and uh, how far sighted should we be goals, the resources needed, time frame, and uh, the stages of the startup. We shall start with vision. So how important do you think vision is?
0: I think it's absolutely important, not just for the game plan, but also for your company as a whole, because the vision basically is what you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to build a company that will change, say, the state of uh, photo sharing in the social media age, right? Mm -hmm. Then your vision would be to build a platform that Enables this kind of uh, sharing, right? Which is maybe say Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you have that vision, whatever you're doing should always somehow uh, contribute to achieving that vision. That way, it makes it a lot easier for you to make decisions on whether or not to cut out features or to keep the features in. Yeah. So, vision is.
1: Yeah. Like you say, vision is to set the direction. And uh, I also think that vision is important because at the start of when you are starting a company, you are also trying to build a team, not necessarily hire. And exactly. sometimes you don't sell your team members that you can bring them, mm, like you can have uh, 1% in uh, the employee stock option and this 1%, next time I'll be valued at 100 million, you will be rich. You sell them the vision. You don't sell yeah. them that exactly. how much they can make because. Being a good developer, a good designer, or a good salesman, they can easily get uh, better pay outside in those corporate companies. Why would they join you? They join you because I believe they have the same vision as you. Or rather, the plan.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it makes it a lot easier for you to talk to people about your idea, right? Mm -hmm. Because everyone can have an idea like, hey, I want to create an electric car. But what's so different about your electric car? Or what's so different about your product? What's your vision for the future? What do you want to change? What do you want to achieve, right?
1: Oh, uh, speaking about vision, so recently I talked to one fellow entrepreneur. So Mm. uh, entrepreneur, he went to, uh, he he just came back from the States and Mm. uh, he is now taking some time off and uh, also looking for, went for some interviews and all. So the interesting thing is this, when he was in the States, uh, yeah. He was talking to some startups. The founders, when they share their visions, their their visions are always, "Oh, I want to change the world. I want to change the the way people behave because uh this is not efficient and there's something that can be done." But when it comes back to locally, yeah. in Southeast Asia, uh, he feels that when he attends some of the Skype interview, when he attends some of the local interview, our Asian startups, our visions are always, "Oh, I." Uh, I want to be the market leader in this region. I want to be... Uh, There's no... I want to change the world. There is only... Uh, I want to make so much. I want to be the next 100 mil- billion company. There is a yeah, um, yeah, okay. drastic difference between a f- small startup, or be it a small or a decent startup in locally in Southeast Asia versus uh, in SB.
0: Okay, that's actually a topic that I would want to talk about at some point. Okay. I feel like it's, it's part of the... VC culture here as well but i think we should leave that for a different show okay um, okay a lot of thoughts about that uh yeah so um financial projections are the next thing that is actually quite important in a game plan mm-hmm. and uh while you should be you should be conscious of um the fact that most of the time these financial projections are not going to be very accurate it will give you a metric for you to measure against, especially if you're uh, aiming to achieve revenue within the first uh, few months, mm-hmm. right? So now uh, financial projections actually are a great way for you to lay out over time frame, what are your goals over each, uh, each period of time. And this way you'll be able to tell whether or not you'll be breaking even or would you need to go for more funding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, generally, when we talk about financial projections, right, it is one of the requirements when you go for pitch sessions or you want to talk to VCs, right, Brian? Yeah. So, what's your experience with um, doing financial projections and what is usually asked for?
1: I just like to add on to... Uh, the stuff that they were talking about, uh, so for the listeners who are listening, uh, you can use it for a bootstrapping purpose also because mm-hmm. because sometimes, uh, like financial projection, uh, you want to quit your job full-time and you want to uh, start your own business doing web consultancy, you need to estimate like how much we will make to cover your expenses so that it will right. be a decent business, a viable business for you to carry on. Mm-hmm. There's the same for if you are... Uh, a fund, uh, if you're a startup raising fund, like you just mentioned, so what are the things that usually VCs look out for or rather investors look out for? Uh, So what is the trend now? So the trend now is uh, people are usually looking for uh, a three or sometimes up to 18 months of uh, financial projections. We should never <laughs> present a financial projection that is up to five years because... Yeah. <laughs> We will never know, even if we have we we will, will we be crossing the twelve month mark. So <laughs> yeah. I think a decent a decent one will be eighteen months. Uh, and if we can do a breakdown in like this is the first six months, this is what I'm going to spend on, and this is the goals that i hope to achieve, and. Yeah. Uh, and you can do a detailed breakdown if you want. But in, when you are doing your deck, most of the deck will be summary. But when you are yes. doing your right. uh, game plan, it's good to have a little bit more details on like, uh, what, what do you plan on to spend on and uh, what is it for. Because sometimes what you want may not be what you need.
0: Correct. And um, ultimately, when I was doing my financial projections, right, I realized like, by doing so, I'm able to identify what are the metrics that I need to um, achieve. So in the case of like, say, we're talking about revenue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain, there are many different sources of revenue usually when you're doing a, a, a business. And at the end of the day, you need to say like, oh, by the end of the first year, I want to have maybe 30 or 40 customers. Mm-hmm. And with 30 or 40 customers, how much revenue am I making every month? So... With that, right, you have a good idea, like, say, you want to break even by the middle of the second year. You know exactly how many customers you need to get, whether or not it is viable, or do you need to reevaluate evaluate um, your sales uh, targets and also your pricing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So these are the things that the financial projections are very useful for. And at the same time, it also allows you to set goals. And these goals are actually a very important part of your game plan. Because if you have quarterly goals or uh, hi- half yearly goals, I can't remember the term for it. Mm-hmm. You basically have something that you can measure your startup against and see whether or not you're behind your plan or hitting the targets that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what do you think are some good goals to have for a company in their first year, Brian?
1: Uh, first year, so it really depends on the different kind of business. And uh, so for example, let's take for example, a, a social network. So if you are going to build a social network for the dogs, so you're, mm-hmm. you will be chasing after user growth. So yes. your first year, your goals should be kept to uh, maybe two or three. And one, one of the key leading goals would be how many users have you acquired and how, ma- how many of them are active on your site, yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you are building a B2B enterprise uh, services, you you wouldn't be chasing after user growth because you wouldn't have 10,000 B2B Mm -hmm. services uh, taking up your your service, or rather your product. Uh, It will be uh, like, I managed to engage 10 businesses, and in these 10 businesses, how active are they using your product? Is it helping them? And um, Mm -hmm. what are the returns you are bringing Mm -hmm. back to them? So it's very different depending on the business that you are running. however, I also believe that sometimes uh, we entrepreneurs get lost in goals that means yeah. we have too much <laughs> or mm. we i want i want uh I have ten metrics tracking my uh my progress, which is wrong. Right. i think sometimes i limit uh in interest we always limit to one to three because yeah. there's no point in tracking ten ten other <laughs> metrics.
0: So that's the thing, like you, when you lay out these goals, then you realize, oh, hey, maybe I'm a bit too ambitious mm-hmm. about these things. Maybe I should cut down or move these goals forward to a different uh, different period of time, right? Yeah. And also not just uh, like, say, revenue-based kind of goals, right, where you're talking about customers and mm-hmm. uh, talking about how much revenue you're bringing in, but these goals can also be product goals. They can be, oh, I want to have this feature at this point of time because mm-hmm. I am... Um, Going to push this as part of my marketing, mm-hmm. right? And that way, when you have these goals as well, you realize, oh, because of uh, in order to reach this goal, I will require a certain amount of resources, mm-hmm. which is the next thing that you should be thinking about in a game plan. What are the resources that you require in order to achieve the goals that you have set for these periods? Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, there are a few different kinds of resources that a startup has. Uh, the first one being, what are your, what's your team size? What, who are your team members, right? The second and the thing that most of us think about is how much money we have. Mm-hmm. And also something that we don't really talk about is whether or not you have the connections or the intangible uh, resources that you need in order to achieve the goals for that, period. And uh, to explain that, like sometimes when you're, especially when you're selling an enterprise application, right? A lot of the bigger companies require that you have some sort of reputation or you have some sort of uh, track record in the past. And until you gain that track record, you will not be able to have access to this part of the market. And that's one of the things that I consider to be uh, intangible resources. That it's a resource that you build up over time and that you can't really measure. But at the same time, once you have achieved a certain number of... Um, customers, you suddenly have this track record, you suddenly have this ability to say like, hey, you know, I have a hundred other customers using me, you can trust me. So these are the kinds of resources that I feel are important to lay out that you have during a period and whether or not uh, you require them to achieve the goal.
1: Exactly because like you you mentioned about goals, right? So for example, uh, it's not for example, this is real. (laughs) So right now we are going to build an iPad app iPad app. Yes, correct. And uh, so naturally, I so the next three months, my goal is to, uh, Intrex is going to have an iPad app and mm. now that I know I need to build an iPad, I need to increase one of my team members that knows uh, iOS development uh, particular strong in the iPad area. So I start right. to hire. And this kind of thing, because you set the goals, you know that uh, when do you need to start hiring as well. Okay. And uh, coming to the coming back to the part where you say all the resources that are needed, uh, Mm -hmm. the things you have mentioned like team members, uh, I just like to ask from your point of view, when you are starting out, Mm -hmm. how many team members do you think uh, should be a decent start for a good
0: good startup team? Two, three, four, or Um, I don't know. Okay, so... It really depends on the product that you're trying to build. It mm-hmm. depends on the complexity. It depends on what your target timeframe is. Mm-hmm. Ideally, for most tech startups, there is the holy trinity, where you have the hustler, the hacker, and the designer. Oh, yes. Right? So that is like the bare minimum of... A team You need a design person You need someone Who can develop Or execute the idea And you need the hustler Who is basically The sales guy mm-hmm. Who can get out there And uh, sell the vision Recruit um, Start setting up Sales and stuff like that mm-hmm. So For most companies I would say Three Is a good size Yeah So what if you What if There's only one Uh, Good luck. So, if there's only one and you know your skill sets, right? Yeah. Then, um, honestly, if you're not able to sell the vision and uh, um, hustle by Mm -hmm. yourself, I feel like you should really go out there and find someone who can. Yeah. And get that person to be your partner It is possible for a single person to handle all of this And I've seen successful cases of it But it is never easy And it's a very, very risky uh, proposition at the end of the day Yes um,
1: and, and I just like to touch on and If you are a one, one-man show, one-person startup And let's say your skills is in selling uh, so you, you can and like you mentioned you cannot sell your vision to uh, any team members to come on board so I think this will be another next topic but uh, I just like to touch on a bit outsourcing might be one area that you take a look in because uh, maybe you outsource to a team that helps you build an MVP and from mm-hmm. there maybe you just need more convincing to teammates and even uh angels to come in to fund and all because that's how a one-person startup can do stuff right you outsource some stuff people help you oh, with sure. your stuff yeah
0: definitely um but i still iterate the point that mm-hmm. uh reiterate the point that it is actually very risky to do so because yeah. when you outsource your product right unless you're maintaining very tight control on the product design and you understand what you require for your product and the pitfalls. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult for a single person to manage all of that, on top of raising money as well as, um, going out and selling. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of work for a single person to handle.
1: There's only twenty four hours a day. You take three hours for development, three hours for engaging your investors, and three hours to manage your contractors.
0: You will just die. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) But we will talk about this (laughs) outsourcing.
1: Talk about yeah. this outsourcing another time, but uh, mm. these are the resources that I believe uh they're important. One yep. of the resources that you listed, uh, in our show notes is connections. So mm. what what do you mean by that?
0: So I was talking about this just now, where it's mm. like this intangible uh resource that you have mm-hmm. that you build up over time. So um, I stated connections because it's something that you need to build you need to build relationships with different people in the industry because a company is never alone Mm -hmm. especially if you're selling to enterprise uh, customers you will need to build the relationships with these companies or with the representatives of these companies in order to be able to uh, sell to them effectively so this is something that um, right at the start you will have zero of that particular resource and you need to give yourself maybe one or two years in order to be able to gather this resource so that you can make use of it to push your company towards growth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of uh, one or two years, right? one of the things that should be available in your game plan is the timeframes that you want to look at. So a very common way is for us to think of quarterly goals to set for our company. Mm-hmm. So every quarter, you should be looking at your game plan and saying, uh, okay, these are my goals. Like say for the first quarter, it is uh, product. For the first two quarters, say it is uh, product building, right? So your goals for those first two quarters should really be uh, what are the features that you want up? What can you test? uh, Who can you start to talk to? Entirely for the purposes of product building so that your focus is focused on uh, product then for the second half of the year your third and fourth quarters you should maybe start thinking about um, goals that relate to sales can you get your first five customers can you get your first 10 customers within the third and fourth quarter yeah so when you set up these kinds of time frames right it makes it very clear what you should be focusing on and what you should be uh, putting all your resources to or is focusing your attention on as well as what kind of resources you need to gather in order to start working on it within that quarter
1: yeah actually actually you're right i uh i personally also prefer quarter because i feel that half yearly is too long six months is too long every three Mm. months is uh ideal Mm. and uh actually it it might seem so to the listeners it might seem that wow there's a lot of work just to create a game plan but you can easily create a uh, Google spreadsheet and just break down into uh, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 and set set down simple point form of the goals you want to achieve and like Chris mentioned the first half focus on uh, the first first quarter and the second quarter is focused on product itself then Mm -hmm. the third and fourth to keep it simple easy is to can I get the first five? Can I get the first 10? How are they using it? And how can I further improve?
0: Correct. And with these timeframes, right, mm-hmm. and with your financial projections, you can actually tell what are the points that you need to start thinking about raising money. Mm-hmm. And this is very important because uh, the ability to raise money will affect how fast you can grow your company. So the earlier you start thinking about it and the earlier you start planning, the earlier you can actually go out there and start making friends with VCs and other um, investors. Yes. Yeah. Which so, is
1: we oh sorry, which is what we talked last week. Even you are yes. not raising fund immediately, you will still it will be good for you to start talking to the VCs.
0: Correct. So this is the kind of thing, um, if you go back to our show last week and watch that, or listen to that rather, uh, we talk about whether or not you should be talking to VCs and at what stage of your company you should be talking to VCs and why is it important for you to get that money at that point. So yeah, um, please go back and listen to that and let us know what you think. Uh, so speaking of the different stages of a startup, right? Mm-hmm. I've kind of broken it down into three general stages where it's, uh first you start off with product building which is where you're uh, trying to figure out what's the product market fit what um do you, should you be what features you should be including and then executing the actual development of your product mm-hmm. the second stage of any startup is really sales once you have this product right it is the job of the salesperson to go out there and sell this product to the customers yes yes Sometimes, uh, product building and sales happens um, alongside each other, but very often, you really need a base product that you're able to sell in the first place. And finally, the stages after that is really growth. Growth in the sense that you need to grow the product, you need to build out more features, you need to increase your sales, and you need to increase your team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these three stages, product building, sales, and growth, are generally how you would spend your first... Uh, one to three years depending on your company yeah.
1: and, and oh sorry I let no, you finish yeah. so I was wanted to say that in these three s- stages of the startup all the objective and all the metrics will change accordingly and each time will be different it's not that you set one and you can follow it forever <laughs> correct. which we will discuss in uh, our metrics uh, topic
0: correct and that also relates to the goals like say the goals for the first uh, couple of um, Quarters, like I was talking about earlier, is product building. Mm-hmm. So your goals then would be definitely more product-focused and sales and growth will be uh, reflected in your goals as needed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that covers the game plan in general. Again, mm-hmm. uh, is there anything that you want to add, Brian? Oh,
1: yes. I mm-hmm. Although we, we, we talk about uh, all the stuff, so I just want to li- reiterate the key points, the yeah. vision... Financial projection, the mm-hmm. goals, uh, resources needed, the time frame itself, and stages of a startup. So, you need to determine it. And all these are correlated with each other. So, yep. uh, once you have all this planned out, uh, then I'm sure you will know what to do for each step of your uh, s- startup process. Uh, yes. However, we should not get too, I mean, we should not be like, Iterate again, we shouldn't be creating a 20 page or a 15 page game plan it can be Correct. just a simple one to two page things where you list down all these uh, details and contingency mm. plans
0: yeah absolutely it should really be something that gets you thinking about uh, what is it that you need and how you should be going about getting to your vision and i feel um, with this game plan i've built my own game plan very recently and i started talking to you i started talking to um, investors and some friends who are vcs and stuff and that's how i get feedback on whether or not i'm going in the right direction or whether or not i'm missing out things talking to people in the industry as well would help but the main thing is that this game plan is something that you need to get evaluated it's something that will get you thinking as well as uh give your um If you want to talk to your team about it as well, that's very good because then they will have a very clear idea of how your vision is achievable and they will not think like, oh, you know, you just have big dreams and you're not able to really execute the idea.
1: I realise that we might. Uh, What do you think about an exit plan?
0: Okay, so the exit plan um, generally depends on what your goals are. Mm -hmm. If you want to build a company and you want to... uh, get bought over by someone acquired by someone that's a possible exit plan or if you want to build a company and then much much later like after you have ipo and stuff then that could be your exit plan mm-hmm. uh this is a topic that could take up an entire show <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay Last. <laughs> personally yeah personally i feel that you should have uh, your exit plans or your um like I remember the term that I had for it. It's sort of like a fail condition mm-hmm. where you have a failure plan where basically you say, okay, um, at this point, if we have not have achieved all of this, right, how do I start to tell my customers that um, we are going to be uh, folding up the business eventually or are we going to pivot and stuff like that? So these are all plans that you kind of think about and you need to start planning. You need to start planning for failure and stuff like that as well. Uh, but it is something that we should be talking about in a future episode where we can give a very detailed uh, description of why we should be doing these things. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts about the exit plan?
1: Oh my, my thoughts. Uh, so mm-hmm. I in I still remember when we first created our uh, we did not have a detailed game plan, but in our business plan we have a two. We have a title called Exit Plan, and there's only two points over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure these two points, uh, I'm sure everyone, most of the startups will be using it. It's either uh, to build a company that uh, lasts and we throw in some vision stuff, and the second one is IPO. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> there, there, there are only two things. But I like to add, as uh, I'm entering the, the third year of my startup life, I also start to know that uh, when I speak to uh, entrepreneurs, when I speak to investors, one of the things that, like you said, the goals where it correlates to your exit plan is for you to able to identify if you are building a startup in this space. Let's take, for example, uh, you're building a home automation equipment. Mm-hmm you need to be able to identify that if you are doing to do an M&A, which let's say someone acquires your company, okay. what is, who are the companies that are likely to buy from you? For example, in your in your detailed plan, you can just put in a point form like say Nest could buy you because uh, yeah. you are in the home automation space or you can say that uh, other automation companies could buy you. Uh, at least you put down two to three because I believe that during when you are pitching, uh, the investors might ask, hey, who are your competitors? So you can rumble out some of the competitor names. But they will also ask, so how do you plan to exit? And at this point, you are able to say that, hey, I'm going to exit via sellout because uh, so and so is in this sector and if I am able to do a good job, they might buy us out. Or, I want to do an IPO. Because this will give you the confidence and once you have this game plan, you can present well. There's no... uh. There's no smoking, right? There's no like, uh, trying to bluff your investor and all because you yeah. know what you want to do and you know from uh, the tip of your finger everything that is correct. available.
0: Yeah, correct. So this game plan also clarifies to you, like, at what point do you uh, are you able to consider these things like your exit plan, and when you talk to investors as well, when you have this clear game plan, it really shows. It really shows that you know exactly how you're going to. Uh, strategize and how you're going to move your company forward, and this is one of the things I feel like investors will look out for mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, that pretty much is it for what I wanted to say about the game plan. Yes. Uh.
1: So, let's see how are we going to do this. Okay. So, do we like to share next week's uh topic or because we have. So to the listeners, we have changed the way that we present Launch Bike. So it's more about us sharing our uh, advice and uh, no mm-hmm. advice, <laughs> suggestions and our thoughts about uh, the startup life and our experiences yeah. over the
0: last couple of years as well as mm-hmm. uh, some of the things that we have picked up when we were talking to people. Yeah. So I think next week we'll be talking about team building. Sure. Yeah, we have a huge list of topics that we want to share. <laughs> yeah, I know. And here's the thing. Um, I actually want to know from our listeners what they would like for us to talk about. So, if you want, please email us or leave us a message on Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will look at your questions and see what is it that you want to ask. What's the most popular questions, and we'll talk about it.
1: Hey. Yes. Like. And like. Team Cook. We read all the emails. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Indeed. <laughs> Alright, so I guess that brings us to the end of the show Brian, where can we find more about you? You
1: can find me on Twitter at L-E-E-T-O-C-K-S-I-N-G
0: You can find me on Twitter as well at A-N-T-T-Y-C You can find out more about us at our website at www.launchbyte.com Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash launchbyte Or Twitter as well at launchbyte So thank you guys so much for listening And we will see you next week
1: Bye bye